This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 Zone, live at the warehouse. Come by and see us, 1825 South, 300 West. We do have some jazz gear. Have a listener in here right now grabbing a shirt, in fact. Uh, come on by and grab something. Uh, and check out the uh, prices on uh, furniture so low it'll blow your mind. Uh, the warehouse. Uh, Gordon, we're going to talk to David Locke coming up here momentarily. We'll get his thoughts on uh, what we saw last night in the win over the Celtics. Yeah, I'm curious to hear what he has to say. Uh, yeah, David was uh, was on fire yesterday. He was worked up. He was bringing all the passion. Not that uh, David doesn't do that on the reg, but I thought <laughs> last night he was uh, particularly on one. Well, I'll I'll repeat what I said earlier. I think that was a big, big game. And uh, I know you and I have a little bit of a different view on that, but uh, I think the result was really important for the Jazz to, not just as you were talking about and you emphasized, uh, finding themselves again and playing like themselves, but to do so and actually be rewarded for it, uh, I think that's a that's a boost moving forward. I, I I would expect them to play better after what happened last night. Yeah, I would think so, and uh, you know, build uh, continue to build on what they've done already this year. I think. And quite frankly, talk. though, though uh, Jake, I was not sure that we would see that out of them. I had a feeling they might lose that game last night. And uh, just because of what we'd seen of them of late and uh, for them to turn the tide was was pretty impressive, I thought. Yeah, I I don't know whether I thought they were going to win or lose uh, last night. I mean, how they were playing didn't inspire a ton of confidence, but I did not believe how they were playing was reality. I didn't think that that was who they were. Uh, Let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. The one, the only, David Locke. David, what's going on? You know, every time you say that, someone's like, thank goodness. <laughs> There's only one. So, Thank goodness. Could you imagine? My parents only had one for a reason. So the society didn't need more than one, so they stopped. You do understand your own uniqueness uh, or peculiarity, right, David? Uh, you, uh, that's good self-awareness. You know that you're unique, right? I have to live with it every day. <laughs> uh david let's start with last night's game uh gordon uh was just talking about how he thought that that was a really big game really important win for the utah jazz what are you taking from last night's victory they needed to change the narrative around them you know it's not wasn't a big deal but they'd lost for like i asked if i was interested, I asked ron boone on the broadcast after the loss to the Warriors, like, if do they think they're one and one since the All-Star break, or do they think they've lost four of six? And he goes, oh, they think they've lost four of six. Like, as a player, you're aware of the fact you've lost four of six. So if that's the case, since they hadn't lost four in, like, 30 games, they just needed to change the narrative around them, and that's a really good win last night. Now, you know, who Boston is and, and how good they are might not match up to their name value and the way they're perceived as a former Eastern Conference champion, but or Eastern Conference Finals. But from a Jazz standpoint, that's a that's a really good win 
in that it changes the narrative around him. Now, you know, go play, you know, see what you can do with a Bradley Beal tomorrow without Russell Westbrook out there and, and see if you can go grab a second one. And then can you, you know, back to back to Tampa, Florida is a little, un, you know, unusual travel wise. You're really playing three games in four nights and you're all over the map. So I don't know whether or not that's, you know, in Toronto is so fast and so athletic. I can't imagine playing a worse team on a back end of a back-to-back than Toronto, but maybe, like, you know, and then all of a sudden you've won three in a row and you're back to being the number one seed in all the power. Well, probably behind Brooklyn, number two uh, in all the power rankings. And so you, you feel good about yourself again. So, you know, I think they just need to re at some point they have to regain a little bit of that feeling of that magic around them. They had one or two possessions last night that were reminiscent of it. Rudy was completely dominant. Um, they moved the ball late. They had multiple different types of possessions. Um, ironically, their best possession was a shot that was missed, not a shot that was made, but they, um, they showed some of the signs of the things that made them very good uh, before that. I thought it was interesting that it was kind of revealed that Quinn had talked to both Donovan and Jordan because I thought they both had skewed too much into the one-on-one. I, I hate the phrase they'd gotten selfish. I just think they'd, like, they'd lost their balance. And, you know, whether it was because Donovan's trying to prove he's an MVP candidate or Jordan's trying to prove he's a six-man or just that that's what happens during the course of a season, I, I don't know. But I didn't really like the way either of them had been playing for a little while. So it's interesting that I heard that Quinn sat down with both of them. David, some of the uh, statistical categories, the Jazz lost last night assists, uh, shooting percentage rebounds. But uh, well, areas... stop, Gordon Monson! Gordon Munchen, you cannot do this I anymore! I, I, I know, I know. You cannot do this I, anymore! I, I'm I so understand. tired of this! I, right, I knew Gordon, you were. I knew. Gordon, oh, wait, wait, wait. We're wait, not wait, doing I, this wait. anymore. It's the I knew, stupidest I knew you were, lies. We're okay, never quoting okay, shooting okay. percentage ever all right. again. All right, Please, all right. I Gordon. Knew, last I know, night's the reason why. It's such I know, a stupid stat. I, I know. I know. I know you feel that way, but that wasn't my point. My main point is. No, we need that, to that, tell everybody about this, Gordon, so that nobody else steps into that terrible territory ever again. Okay. All right. I'm glad you made that clear. But my point is that the Jazz, the Jazz had nine more three-pointers than the Celtics uh, as far as being made. And they, the shooting person, I mean, not the shooting person, sorry, you get the bottom of my mind. The, the, the free throw line, the Celtics shot four free throws. The Jazz shot 24. But they both were whistled for the same number of fouls, 18. Have you ever seen a game where oh my the gosh, disparity was that. that great? Yeah, eight, they I, both I, were whistled I didn't know for that. 18 fouls. And they both, but the Jazz shot 24 free throws. And I mean, I'm looking at the box score right now. Um, so I can, uh, that's crazy. This is the reason you no, need to listen I, to the post game, David. We talked all about it. Why didn't I listen to the post game last night? Oh, because I listened to a Lindsey Vaughn podcast instead. Sorry. Um, so yes, I did. I did miss the post game last night. I almost always listen to the post game. You know, I call in every now and then. You do. You um, do. that's fascinating. So what would explain that? They fouled us while we were shooting. We fouled them to stop fast breaks, and we committed maybe offensive fouls. Huh. I don't know what would cause that. That is strange. Even if even if uh, it was if, if it was even, you would expect maybe one team uh, or the Jazz to get into a penalty situation against them, so that the other team would go to the free throw line right. more. But yeah, right, right. Yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. Like I don't know. That's really interesting. 
Um, they don't go to the line. They they foul a lot defensively, so it's un, it's not surprising that they that we had a decent amount of free throws against them. That's a weakness for them. Okay, so right, here's my tirade. Let me just quickly go on my tirade. All right. The, my real complaint actually is to all the analytics people who acted like they were holier than thou and so damn smart that people like fight analytics. It's not analytics. It's just a better use of numbers for storytelling. So my thing that drives me nuts is that last night the Celtics shot 49% and the Jazz shot 47%. But the Celtics didn't shoot better than the Jazz last night because shots are now – the Jazz take over half their shots as, val, as worth three points. Jazz took 43 shots last night worth three points and 37 shots last night worth two points. So field goal percentage is just a non-starter. It doesn't tell any story at all. It makes no sense. It doesn't – like there's no value to it. The real number is equivalent field goal percentage where if every shot was a two, what it would be, because that equalizes it, and the Jazz shot 59% and the Celtics shot 54 That tells a story. True shooting percentage is even better, but we're, like, into something that now includes free throws, and it's just too hard for people to grasp. But the Jazz shot 65% true shooting percentage, and they shot 55 true shooting percentage because they never went to the free throw line. Like, that's the real – those are the numbers that actually matter because they actually tell a story. Everyone talks about, like and, – and maybe this is personal for me because I get criticized for using advanced analytics. I'm not using advanced analytics. I'm not trying to be crafty. I'm not trying to be tricky. I'm not trying to be poindexter and being smarter than one. I'm trying to use numbers on a broadcast that actually tell an accurate story. That's the point. Last night, the Jazz gave up 36% on the off. On the, they gave up 36% of the potential defensive rebounds to Boston. That's an outrageous number. That's a better number than saying they gave up a certain amount of offensive rebounds. Because if you miss 60 shots and you give up 16 offensive rebounds, it's not the same thing as missing only 42 shots and giving up rebounds like they did last night. So that's a outrageous number. We just need to educate people on what the baseline for these numbers are, and then they become much more important. But, like, another stupid phrase is you live and die by the three. The Celtics lived and died by the two last night. That's why they lost. They shot better than the Jazz, but they took, last night, the Celtics took 69 two-point shots. 60 Nine two-point shots last night. We took 37. We won. Can't feel better now. <laughs> uh, David Locke is with us. David, we have a trade in the NBA coming down just moments ago. So I'm, I'm Trevor Ariza deal or something else? Uh, something else. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'll read it to you. Houston is, according to Woj, Houston is trading P.J. Tucker, uh, Karutz, I never can pronounce that guy's yeah, name. Yeah, okay. Right. Uh, and a Bucks uh, and the Bucks 2022 first round pick uh, is going back to Milwaukee. So that's going to Milwaukee in exchange for DJ Augustine, DJ Wilson, and a 2023 unprotected first round pick. Houston also gets right, uh, right to swap its 2021 second round pick for Milwaukee's first round pick unless it falls one through nine. Got all that. All right, so the Bucks just acquired P.J. Tucker yep. is what matters. That's right? what matters, yep. 
And the Rockets get an unprotected first-round pick in 2023. I kind of think P.J. Tucker might be caught. Interesting. Why is that? Because I've watched him play recently, and I don't think he's very good anymore. <laughs> um, I might be wrong. And what does he do for the Bucks? Whose minutes does he take on the Bucks? Well, Torrey Craig now, it looks like he's going to be moved to the Suns, so maybe there's – Oh, that's a big deal. Yeah. Oh, wow. Now, that makes – I mean, I don't know if that's a big deal, but that – like, I would like – like, I would love Torrey Craig on the Jazz right now. Torrey Craig is the piece we need. Like, break in case of emergency, wing defender – who doesn't play for us, but we go in case we need him, we we can trade him. I mean, we can pull him off the uh, – we can play him. Well, he doesn't, he's not, he doesn't need to be a rotation player. But, like, boy, I'm surprised by this. Um, all right, let me think about this for a second. Obviously, I didn't know about it. So oh, one, I think, I, mm-hmm. one, I think that P.J. Tucker might be cooked. So, I mean, he's just – like, he's actually declined a decent amount in the last few years, I, I, at least in my opinion. Um, I love him. I think he's, like, one of the most enjoyable guys, and he's, like, a crazy dresser, and he's, like, the meanest guy on the court. And then after the games, I've talked to him probably 20 times, walking off at the same time because he's just so delightful. Maybe he was totally disengaged, but to me what kind of jumped out is that he seemed to be hardened dependent. Now, whether or not he can be honest dependent and so he's just fine, maybe, but that, that's my concern. What I'm surprised by here, and maybe I haven't watched the Bucks enough to know this, is that I would think that the Bucks would need Torrey Craig to play against James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. Like, Torrey Craig, to me, could almost guard all three of those guys if needed. Now, he struggled in the playoffs against Donovan and there is a tendency like on bad shooting wings to decide that they're great defenders regardless of they are but and and Craig's only you know he's he's not a good shooter he's a career 32 percent three-point shooter but he's six and six seven two twenty one like I find him to be an impressive physical player and if I were the Bucks, I maybe I'm wrong I often am but to me, just my quick take on this is I look at the Bucks playoff route, which in the first round very easily could have them playing – or the second round have them playing Boston where they got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And then in the next round very easily could have them playing against Brooklyn in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I would think that I want to have – Tory Craig in case of emergency and if I'm playing Philadelphia he can guard Ben Simmons and he can guard Tobias Harris so I, I need to understand the Bucks better than I do right now in their rotation and what they think they're lacking that they think P.J. Tucker is filling up and I'm not aware of what that is but I'll watch them tonight because they played Washington yesterday so that's my after, I'm going to watch them play Philly tonight because that's just a great game. And then I'm going to watch them play Washington later tonight. Um, hmm. 
I'm flustered. I don't get it. Unless they just think they're playing too many guards, they're going to play. Is he going to be their backup five? Like, I want Giannis to play five. Hmm, I don't know. David, let me uh, run something by you. I'm interested in in finding out if you think uh, I'm crazy on this. Uh, Jake and I had this conversation earlier in the show, and it was all about that moment in the game last night when Donovan Mitchell was uh, whistled for a foul against Jalen Brown. And Jalen Brown, after Donovan got up, Jalen Brown patted him on the butt. And Donovan reacted with a slap. I, I know that you saw it. Um, I thought that was an encouraging sign. Not that I ever questioned Donovan Mitchell's competitiveness in the past, but I I thought that showed me a little something that he he's all about business now. And not and I don't think he it wasn't that he wasn't about business before, but that that showed me that he doesn't care about anything but winning right now cares about his team, cares about winning, doesn't care about what other promising young players in the league think about him. He doesn't want to mess with that. He's all about winning games now. Am I reading too much into that, or what do you think? I think he's always been that way. Like the telling, the day Ron Boone decided he loved Donovan Mitchell was his rookie year in Philadelphia when jo- when Joel Embiid kind of punked him and he ran down the floor and, and, and you know, ran and pushed – Joel Embiid, and I think you saw that last night. Like, you know, Jalen Brown taps him. They're pretty close too, right? They both um, they both interviewed Vice President Harris together. Um, they are, I think, going to be the two. Maybe with CJ McCollum, the three modern leaders of the civil rights movement. Of, and I'm not saying inside the NBA. I'm saying in society. Like, I think that's. I think Jalen Brown's that impressive, and I think Donovan Mitchell's that impressive, and I think that's. I think they're both willing to go out there that far, and so I think they have the guts to to lead our society into better places. Um, and so I think that when you, um, I, you know, so it, you know they have a relationship, and yet at the same time, Donovan wanted no part of it. It's kind of kind of awesome. Let me let me can I follow up with what you just said about Donovan being a leader in in these other realms. Uh, what what makes you think that, and how important will that be as far as his overall legacy goes? I know he's only twenty four years old, but, I mean, but uh, that's pretty that's pretty important, pretty significant that that he's willing to do that, and he wants. Well, I to think do it's that. you know I think it's more important than basketball. I think he was raised by Nicole in a manner that he understands that. I think he understands what his power is. I think he. Um, I always joke with him that he's taking pay cut by being in the NBA because the president of Morgan Stanley um, makes more money than NBA players, um, the vice, you know, or the CEO. And I think Donovan was capable of leading that type of major company. Um, I think Donovan has a unique upbringing in that he, from a social justice standpoint, that he was ra- he went to school in a predominantly white high school in both of his two high schools he went to and so i think he has and i think he has an ability to navigate multiple different environments um and so i think and i think he's been exposed to multiple environments he's been exposed to the richest of the rich being in greenwich connecticut i think he understands so i think he understands the world I, i just think he's a truly special person i mean i just think he's truly 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 special human 
What did he um, say? What did he say when you said that he, he could have been the president like Morgan Stanley or something? What was his reaction to that? He kind of laughed a little bit. He's like, ah, I play basketball. But, I mean, it's been, I haven't talked to him in a year. So, um, <laughs> I, you know, other than a text message or a DM here just to congratulate him on something or when he donated money to the school, I haven't. Um, I have not really interacted and waved at him when we were both getting tested at the same time. That's been an extent of my interaction, so I don't want to overplay any, you know, I don't want to pretend like I'm in some communication with him. But I, I do think that's who he is. I've, I've told him that before. Um, you know, he he had, he had an interesting upbringing that he went by going to Greenwich Country Day. He, he and I did. I remember walking back from the arena in Charlotte to our hotel together and we talked about it and he was like, I mean, I was sitting in dinner in these houses thinking to myself like, okay, I got to get this. Like, I got to figure out how to get this. It's an interesting comment because if you just think about the, the racial wealth gap in America and the, you know, constant racism in our economy that has, for, you know, not allowed for black home ownership or actual equity and things to be able to allow them to gain wealth you have so many of our minority citizens who grow up in an environment where they don't see that wealth other than like on television. Donovan grew up in a unique environment where you talk about a role model. Donovan literally was like in the house of Forbes 500 people, as he said, you know, and so he's, he's seeing it, touching it, feeling it, interacting with it. That makes it a much more tangible thing for him to go get than the kid who's growing up in the inner city of Atlanta, like, I mean, if we use Derek Favors as an example, just who's a great kid and obviously a fabulous person and amazingly talented in his own right, but, like, he tells the story of playing basketball on the streets of inner city Atlanta and the hoops were milk crates because they couldn't afford a basket, right? Like, that's a different existence. And then what you think is tangibly possible for you. This is this is what we have to do in society. This is what the scholarship program that Ryan Smith is doing at the back end where that kid's gotten far enough along that they're now close to touch it. Now we got to go to the front end of this, and how do we touch these kids on the front end and, and make it going? we got a lot of things we got to deal with, and today's probably not the day for me to start on one of these tangents because i got some thoughts about what's going on right now. And if we do not address – I'm going to keep this quiet because I'd like to keep a job. And the fact that I think I would lose my job for saying what I really want to say, they pisses the crap out of me. But we need to address in this country what the true threats to our democracy and our country are and stop burying our head about it. David, have you ever thought about running for office yourself? No, I promised my wife I wouldn't do it when we got married. Well, on that note, David, we, we do appreciate you dropping by the show. As always, thanks for the info, and we'll see you at the arena tomorrow night. Right, see you. David Locke, his weekly appearance brought to you by our friends at the Murdoch Auto Group. We are live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low to blow your mind. Clayton jumping on with us once again. What's up, Clayton? How are you guys doing? Good, man. How are you? Just trying, just trying to sell some fruit. What's Let's- up, Gordon? Now, I have one of your adjustable beds, and I'm wondering, are you are those just flying out the door? Are they just they got to be flying out the door? That's our bread and butter. Yes, we sell we sell more more adjustable bases and adjustable beds than anything. Well, I can see why. I mean, you're making it affordable for folks. We find deals, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be a sole dealer of one brand and have some agreement with some manufacturer to gouge people on prices i get a deal whatever manufacturer it is make sure that i i believe in the brand then we sell it 
you know, I, you know, I've known you guys here at the warehouse for a long time now. But you know, before I met you guys, I didn't think I could afford an adjustable bed. Neither did I. Yeah, I didn't. When think my dad's like, "We're going to start selling adjustable beds," I was like, "Whoa, that's yeah. not really our store. <laughs> what do you mean?" And then he's like, "No, this is how we're going to do it." And he showed me, and I we started seeing our margins and the price points. I was like, "Whoa, yeah." We can do this. We can do this. Yeah. I think it's kind of like LASIK. Do you remember when LASIK first came out and right. LASIK was like crazy? Yep. And then LASIK actually came like affordable. Kind of same same situation. Is that a trend, Clayton, across the country? Or are people really interested in those kinds of beds? As I would say, you know, with the drop shipping and how many different man- mattress manufacturers that have hit the market, I would say, yeah, Gordon. It's 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 way more feasible. It's way more obtainable to have an adjustable bed in your home now than it was even ten years ago. And so, because it's more obtainable, we can get deals. And my dad, I mean, that's when my grandpa, and this is kind of a touchy subject, but my grandpa was was the famous Road Redwood Furniture guy. Yep. yep. Big furniture store. And when he decided to retire and my dad, you know, I just got home from my mission and it was my dad was kind of closing one chapter of importing, exporting from overseas and said, let's do something together. Let's do, let's do a small furniture store and let's use some of grandpa's relationships in buying and let's just do deals. Let's not, let's not do top end, high end, really, 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 really expensive stuff where our margins are crazy and customers are upset. Let's just do deals and pass those deals on to the customers. And that's how the business started nine years ago. And that's what we've been doing. And so, you know, when we started nine years ago, adjustable bases, there wasn't there wasn't any companies off the Internet dropping or even those mattresses that come in boxes that you could ship to your front door. That wasn't happening. Yeah. That's something in the last four or five years. Right. Right. With the with the different mattress, that's a color name or the, the, yeah. the friendly ghost. Right. I mean, those are just within the last five years. And I think those guys have kind of did what Uber did to the taxi industry. Those guys have kind of did what to, what Uber did to the to them in the in the bedding and the mattress industry with adjustable bases and, and, and mattresses that we're able to get those deals and pass them on. So. Which is amazing. Which is, and, it's incredible. Yeah. And it's why you guys are so successful and take up, you know, take such good care of our listeners. It's why we're in business. Yep. Right? I mean, at the end of the day, we are a business. So we have margins. We hit those margins. But we, we, we find deals and we pass those deals on. That's awesome. And that's what the, the name of the, the game is for us. So You can afford an adjustable bed. Come down here and find out. 1825 South 300 West. Thank you, Clayton. Thank you, guys. All right. Sound of the uh, drop of the day. Sounds of various clips coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97. Lady of the Zone. We're live today at the warehouse. 
1825 South 300 West. Price is so low to blow your mind. Find out for yourself here at the warehouse. Also want to remind you about our friends at the store. Uh, they've got grab-and-go meals, hundreds of local products, and they are locally owned. The store with two locations, 6200 South and 2050 East, or at the Gateway Mall in downtown Salt Lake City. Time for Drop of the Day, also known as Sounds of Various Clips. Uh, today's comes from uh, the post game from the Portland Trailblazers Pelicans game last night uh, with Damian Lillard. This one, uh, today's Drop of the Day, selected by Gordon, actually. And uh, let's go ahead and give that a listen. Dane, what's up, brother? This is D-Wade, man. Um, D-Wade, I'm going to say what everybody in the world is probably saying right now, that they say after every game you play, you're just a bad dude, man. And um, I look at everything you do. I mean, obviously commercials, Hulu has last sports, you know, Adidas, <laughs> you rap, you three kids, everything you yeah. do, but you still make sure that you bring your A game every night. Can you talk to the kids out there that want to do these things, want to have the, the fame and the publicity, but the work that you put in um, to be great? I mean, none of, those, none of those things that you just named would be possible without the work. And, um, you know, I wasn't a, a highly touted middle school player, high school player, or college player. You know, I had to do my work behind the scenes, you know, like you did. I had to earn my way. Um, and I, I didn't know that I was going to ever get the credit for it or ever get the results for it. So I know what it's like to be unknown and to, you know, not have the, the lights on you and to um, want to be seen and want a scholarship to a big school and things like that. I was behind the scenes doing the work. So... I don't forget those steps that it took for me to get here. So, you know, even though I, I got a family and I got all these commercials and, you know, these endorsements, I don't forget the thing that makes all of those things possible, which is the work, the discipline, um, the humility, um, the compassion, you know, all of those things that I know I, I bring as a person. I know that's a part of why I've been able to get a lot of the things that I've gotten. So um, if I get if I get away from doing what got me here, I'm doing my family and, and everybody else around me a disservice. So I make sure that I stay true to that first. Um, and the more that I do that, you know, things just keep coming. And um, I've gotten results from that my whole life. So it's why would I become 30 and see the results that I got and, and go away from it? You know, so I've gotten stronger in those things. I've gotten more discipline. I work harder. I work smarter. Um, you know, I love all my people harder. I do all those things at a higher level and I just it just keeps improving everything else for me. There you go. Damian Lillard and uh, his postgame comments. Uh, Gordon, uh, respond. You selected today's drop in the day. What are your thoughts? When I heard that, when I saw that, I thought every young person in America should watch that and hear that. I mean, that is, that's about, first of all, you can tell it's coming from the heart. He isn't trying to make himself look wise or anything like that. He's just talking about what's real to him. And I think not only is it real to him, it's, it's probably real to everybody if they were willing to apply that. And uh, I just was so impressed by uh, Damian Lillard. And maybe those who knew him, I'll never forget uh, talking to Randy Ray about him when he was playing at Utah, uh, up at uh, Weber State here in Utah. And Jake, you've heard me say this before, but uh, I asked Randy about it and he said about Damian, and he said, not only is he the best player I've ever coached, he's the hardest working player I've ever coached. And look where it's taken him. I mean, it's remarkable. He's I would include him maybe in the top five players in the world, the way he's going right now. Wouldn't you? Mm, top five is pretty steep, but, yeah, I get what you're saying. 
Yeah, I mean, it's very impressive. And so I I just, I don't know. I heard it and I thought, oh, man, that's really cool. So I thought usually we have a lot of fun uh, and with uh, the sounds of various clips or as we call it, the drop of the day. But I, I, I thought that was worthy of everyone stopping and listening to. Yeah, I, I certainly think it's a it's a nice message and a little glimpse into who Damian Lillard is. And I think grounded is the word that, that comes to my mind. You know, uh, he's still very much grounded in, in who makes him him. But um, I think it's an interesting example of what you have to – what actually goes into becoming a great NBA player for the most part. You know, I think there are exceptions to what I'm about to say. But, um, you know, listen, you could tell – we could, you, you know – Johnny Lightfoot could do everything that Damian Lillard just said right there, and he's not going to be an NBA athlete, right? Right. Uh, so, but he would be the best he could be. No, 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 I got it, I got it. But but you combine that perspective with the natural-born gifts and abilities, and that what that's what takes you from being, you know, let's say Damian Lillard, uh, he didn't have all of that stuff. He just had his natural talents and abilities, you know. Maybe he's a – bench player or a G League guy or maybe he caps out at Weber. I don't, I don't know. But you combine his natural abilities with what he was talking about there, and I think you get a, a, an extraordinary um, basketball player. And I think, you know, for the most part, you look at the great, the greats, they have the combination of those two. Not Shaq. He's the, the biggest exception that I can think of because he was just big and ran over people. But, I mean, you know, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. Uh, well, Kobe's probably the best example. I mean, we've all heard the stories, right, of where he's in the gym at 3.30 a.m. every day. And you know, when NBA players uh, work out with him, they, you know, Kobe tells the, the players, said, okay, you can come work out with me, uh, be at the gym at 7. And they show up at 7, and he's already been there for two hours. You know, like, I think in order to be great, the best of the best, you have to combine the natural abilities with that type of mentality, you know, and I wonder how many players could have been amongst the best of the best if they had the mentality, right? See, but when I, when I heard that, I, I took it, uh, not only what you're saying, but I, I took it a couple of steps further, really. And, and I thought about the application across the board to everyone, regardless of whether they're an athlete or whether they're a student or whether, whatever they're into, if they if they apply themselves to it the way Damian Lillard was talking about and the way he did himself, it took him to great heights. Now, everyone can't be the best at whatever it is they do, but there's somebody out there who's an accountant who can be the best accountant he can be. And that generally will, will pay off, or, or whatever your profession is, will pay off to the level you can take it. Now, you're right. Not everyone can be a genius. Not everyone can be a star, but you can be the best you can be. And I think there's a reward that comes along with that uh, that may not be manifest in, in being the CEO or whatever, uh, but but you can it can take you a long way, much farther than, than if you don't apply yourself that way. And so the, the application for me when I heard that was – across the board to every young person, every person, really, who could hear it. Yeah, okay. I, Yeah, yeah, no, I don't disagree. I'm just not really motivational speech guy. 
But that wasn't a motivational speech. I mean, it was, but it wasn't necessarily intended to be, I don't think. I think he was just no, no, telling, telling no. his story, you know. No, I agree, but I'm just not, well, if you put all your energy, well, let me think here. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not, well, you give it your best and work hard enough that all your dreams may come true. I'm just, I don't know, some of that stuff comes up. But that's a show. That's a show. That's not what Damian Lillard was doing. He was speaking from the heart about what happened with him. I know, and uh, I think that's that's you. a lot more. Effective I'm telling you what I took somebody. out of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I get back to it. I mean, he could give that speech to me, and I'm never going to be an NBA player. But right. I think but that, that, that's but the application makes... is the other things that people can do, and I don't think he was trying to preach at anybody. He was telling his story, like I said. All right, we uh, will have more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned. Live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. One more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Been reading the Indy Star today, getting the local feel. Yeah. The Indy, oh, yeah. The Indy Star wants you back home. They want you back home, and they want you as the head they coach. Want they want you as the head coach of Indiana. Uh, are you aware of this desire of the people of Indiana? <laughs> that's <laughs> nice of them. That really is. So, so Listen, that's home. I yeah. get it. Like, I appreciate, I appreciate all the the nice sentiments. It certainly uh, doesn't go unnoticed, and it's certainly very kind. You got Jason Tatum answering questions about it. I mean, this is a real thing. Here. So. It, Passionate fan base. So you're not quitting your Celtics job to go coach Indiana is what you're telling us. I am not. All right. Well, here we go. I'm not a candidate for Indiana or any job. And you could come to me with the greatest job on earth, and I would not consider it. I came home to coach and end my career at a small Catholic school. I'm not going anywhere. I'm, if I go anywhere, it's going to be retirement. And uh, I'm not looking forward to retiring anytime soon. But Brad Stevens followed by Rick Pitino, two people uh, or two coaches who will not be taking the Indiana job, uh, apparently. You know, Gordon, I, I, I told you about that uh, uh, that compilation of the opposing Reddit uh, comments that, uh, and, and by the way, I'll give her a shout out. Uh, her Twitter handle is monologue. She goes by Moni, but she throws it out. I'm, I'm not kidding. It's a must read after every jazz game. But as I was reading through the Boston Celtics uh, thread, Gordon, you'd be sh- uh, shocked how much hate there is for Brad Stevens. Yeah, I, I, that I don't understand. Uh, I, don't, I don't get that at all. He's, he's a brilliant coach. Uh, I'm trying. In fact, I've got it in front of me. I'm, I'm trying to look for a few of these. But, like, I mean, uh, well, the one I'm actually trying to look for is somebody said if Brad Stevens were coaching the Jazz roster, they would win five games. <laughs> That's not true. Come on. Gordon, it's hyperbole, but try not to take it literally for a second. Didn't that make you laugh? Isn't that funny? Brad Stevens is such a bad coach that the best team in the league right now would only win five games if he was their coach. Ha ha ha. It was, it was hyperbole, but the sentiment is clear. Yeah, I think that's that... giving him too much credit. Five. Yeah, they win three. <laughs> Two. I, I don't know. I think Brad Stevens is a pretty good coach, I guess. But uh, I don't know. I do think he got an awful lot of credit early on in his career. Uh, you mean undeserved? Yeah, a little bit. And why do you think that? No, I don't, I don't know. He's had really good rosters, and he hasn't gotten back to the Eastern Conference Finals, has he? 
Well, I mean, yeah, but there's a difference between that and and saying that he should be fired. I mean, I didn't say he should be fired. What are we? No, no, I know, I know. I was referring back to the people who are clamoring for that. Um, Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it it goes. I'll tell you one thing: if he were to be let go by the Celtics, he'd have all kinds of offers coming his way in a hurry because people understand what a good coach he is. Well, Everybody but apparently Celtics fans. Well, they watch the Celtics a whole lot more than most other people. Yeah. Well, I mean, but they're they're also biased. They should be biased in his favor, right? Um. Well, I don't know. Not if you're you're five hundred, you know, and people expect you to be champions. How about this This one I'm just reading through? LOL, Brad Stevens has gotten exposed as such a bad coach this season. He might be our Mark Jackson. That we need a new head coach to take the next step. That is just utter BS. Come on. I honestly – Come on. I, I, and Gordon, sorry, I should have hit the drop instead of flapping my gums here. But I wonder if it's the big market fan base's opinion of a small market jazz team slash logo – that then feeds these things because if they were really telling themselves the truth, losing to the Jazz is not a bad loss last night. Yeah, but were they saying this before the loss to the Jazz? I bet you could find something like this after every loss, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But yeah, I I guess back to the Come point. On. I was I was surprised at how much Brad Stevens hate is out there in the in the Celtics world. But I mean they haven't taken the next step. I mean, for how many years now have Celtics fans been expecting an Eastern Conference championship, and they've gotten further away, not closer? Yeah. Do you think that roster is worthy of that kind of uh, expectation? Well, I mean, if you listen to the guys like Mannix, they'll tell you that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are two of the best players in the league. So, I mean, if you've got two of the best players in the league, shouldn't you be good? And Kemba Walker, who was an all-NBA player two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and blame the coach. Marcus Smart, who's one of the best defensive players in the league? He's I don't know. Injured. I don't know, Gordon. I'm surprised they didn't. Remember Mannix a couple of years ago where he was talking about Boston basically being the far and away favorite in the Eastern Conference? Yeah, I do re- recall him. Uh, him uh, and they've gotten worse, highly. not better? Ask him about Brad Stevens, though. And he, I think he, uh, I don't think his opinion of Brad has uh, changed all that much. He's He was very high on him. All right, so I see you're blaming Danny Ainge. Probably not going to be a real popular opinion <laughs> around here. <laughs> you got to blame somebody, right? <laughs> all right, we're live here at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Clayton jumping on with us uh, once again. What's going on, Clayton? Just, uh, you know, selling people furniture. You know, that's why it's good. You heard Gordon right there. That's why it's good you have Christopher. you got to blame somebody, right? That's <laughs> why you got your brother. <laughs> oh, Tof. He's the man. We call, In my family, we call Christopher Tof. Chris Tofer. Mm-hmm. So Tof. It's a good name. I yeah, like it. It fits him, too. Cool, huh? Yeah. He's smart. I'm the better looking, but he's definitely the smarter <laughs> brother. <laughs> he is a smart guy. He is smart. Yeah, he's he's, he's a t- statistic major at BYU. You better be smart. Yeah, it gets terrific grades, might I add. So yeah, he, he knows what he's doing. 
Speaking of terrific grades, I have a deal that I want to talk about that's something I usually don't, well, it's something we usually don't talk about, but I want to talk about it just so that everybody knows that we do, we're, we're a complete furniture store. I want to talk about a deal. I have a sofa, love, and reclining chair. Three different colors. It's a microfiber, top grade microfiber. Okay. Gray, green, or brown, $19.99. Wow. Usually. That's amazing. Usually a sofa by itself. Yeah. $7.99, $8.99. I'm doing the entire set, $19.99. That's crazy for the whole kit and caboodle. The whole kit and caboodle. Um, if you come in and mention that you heard me on the radio, I'll even go down a hundred dollars and do it eighteen ninety. Look at you! See extra special care. This we like to take care of our listeners. The radio has been a big part of our business. We have Mike right now. He he's shown a customer who came in and said he heard about the Naomi special, and now he's laying on the adjustable bed. Sweet. Look we love Mike. the radio. Look at Mike. Look at he knows what he's doing over there. No, Mike's the man. And his commute is a lot less than he used to be. Yeah, he lives in Tooele, so Orem to Tooele was far. That is a that is a hike. Right I mean, there. he'd go the back way, right? But still, still not close. Not fun. No, not fun. But we are a complete furniture store. Whatever needs you do uh, have for your house, whether it be a sofa, love and chair, and that microfiber, come in, mention the radio. I'll do it for eighteen ninety nine. Sweet sectionals, um, dining room sets, um, chests, dressers, nightstands, and of course. We have our adjustable bases with the Naomi special seven ninety nine or five ninety nine can get you in a queen size adjustable bed today. Yes, you can afford it. That's incredible. Seven ninety nine. That's right. And if you know, maybe you got that stimulus money hitting the bank account. Got you that stimulus, come get a Naomi special and that new living room set, sofa love and chair for eight nine eighteen ninety nine. And Boom. as you mentioned before, uh it's good for your health. Invest in you. Invest in your health, get a new mattress. Get rid of your old mattress. Give me that boom again because I talked over the last one. Boom. <laughs> thank you, Clayton. You're the oh, best. Thank you, guys. 1825 South, 300 West. Come take advantage of it. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up the Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to Clayton and the whole crew here at the warehouse for having us out today. 1825 South, 300 West. Unbelievable. Best deals on the planet when it comes to uh, furniture and mattresses and adjustable beds. And uh, great people as well. Yep. Jake, uh, today's show has been really covered the gamut, hasn't it? I mean, everything from the Jazz's victory over the Celtics to talking about the uh, the difficult accident that uh, Sean Bradley suffered on on his bike. If you hadn't heard, he's uh, he got hit uh, while riding his bike down in the St. George area and uh, is paralyzed now. So it's uh, wow, what's uh, that's really going from one end of the spectrum to the other, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot going on, uh, of course, in the middle of the jazz season. They got back on track against Boston. And, uh, yeah, the, the the news with Sean is just tough. I mean, just a great person and uh, has an incredible, incredible attitude. And I bet that uh, that attitude and perspective will will serve him well, given his, his current challenges. But uh, also, you know, Utah's looking for a new head basketball coach. Yes. So we, we, were not, yeah. we were not short of headlines today, Gordon. No, a lot of things to consider. And it was good having Locke on, and it was uh, it was good having Chris on, uh, who is the master of the uh, the brackets. Uh, well, yeah, at least he is 
he said, in guessing who's going to get in, but not necessarily in who's going to win. So are we going to have to officially do ours tomorrow? Is that what we're doing? Uh, when do they have to be in by? Well, the tournament officially starts tomorrow with the play-in games, right? And then uh, everything gets started. So I, I would assume by the time game starts on Friday, that's how we usually do it. Okay. Yeah, so we can But we, we can should talk do it tomorrow because it. it'll start yeah, before sure. our show. Yeah, why not? And I have to know, uh, officially, you're picking Gonzaga before I make my picks <laughs> for for Friday. You know, here's the problem with what you're doing to me, because the more you push on this, the less likely I am that I'm going to pick Gonzaga. You know what? I thought that going into the Super Bowl, but after you still picked the Chiefs, I, I think you're still picking Gonzaga. The only reason I picked the Chiefs was because that was the team I picked before the season started. <laughs> That's not so true. I felt like... It we is already true. talked about this. That was not true. No, that is exactly why I did. It cost we, me incriminating audio, by the we, way. Uh, we are not the Salt Lake Tribune. You made that prediction <laughs> in the trip. We told you. No, to I made that prediction on. No, no, no. I made that prediction on the show. I didn't make the. I didn't make the prediction. I believe it went this like this. I wrote this in a column over the weekend. I'm picking the no, Chiefs. No. No, did I say that? I think so. Uh-huh. That's not my memory of it. <laughs> and we told you it didn't matter. We said it wasn't about before the season. We told you it was about that I know, game. but I had, to, I had to stay true to myself. No, you did not. <laughs> I did. No, there was no rule. Hey, you, you know, because that. I wanted to pick Tom Brady, you know, because I'd been singing his praises for so long, and you guys been dogging him. But You wanted to pick Tom Brady. <laughs> we, we talked about this. Your love for Tom could not outshine your love for picking the favorite. No, I it was your two love. No, it was it, your two loves it, going head to head. It had nothing to do with that. I had to stay consistent with my, you know, true to myself. No, you and could I, have easily. No, I couldn't flip flop. I was going to just look. Just because I went from the from the le- from the left side of my bed to the right side of my bed, you know, and, and, and made that adjustment, I could not flip flop on my previous pick now that it was advantageous for me to do so so i thought roughing you up would get you off the chiefs it didn't work so i'm assuming that roughing you up isn't getting you off the zags but i do need to officially know before we make our picks yeah i'll i'll I'll, I'll keep you up to date on that but uh i think i think gonzaga is has a has a vulnerable side to it i do all right gordo well you enjoy your evening buddy we'll talk to you tomorrow okay thanks it's the big show 97.5 and 1280 the zone